Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, folks, welcome back to Life's Mountain West Basketball Podcast, MWR.com, as Jeremy Muskers up the opening, joined by Ian Becker, <laughs> so good day. <laughs> That's right. I've been snowed in, but at least it gives me an opportunity to watch some more basketball. Heck yeah, good ho- uh, hopefully good hoops. Man, Pacific Northwest snow is the worst of what you've been telling me because it yes. never comes. It's no, it rarely. doesn't. I'm not used to this. I'm not going to relive my airport horror story from Salt Lake on Sunday, but <laughs> let's just say um, if you get a chance to take the freeway the whole way, take that and don't go the side route even if it says it's 30 minutes faster. And, um, yeah, it took me four and a half hours to go take a 90-minute round trip. So fun. I never knew you were a Waze guy. I just started to a couple weeks ago. Yeah. When I was out in California, I used it during the summer. I, yeah, I've been using it. Do you not use Waze? No, I have never used it. What's your navigator of choice, or do you use a navigator? Just use Google Maps. I did for a while, forever, and then I just tried it. I like it a bit better because, I know this is a traffic talk, but whatever. Cool. Um, one thing I like about Waze is that there's things I like and don't like. People can put in, like, if there's construction or cops up ahead. So when we were driving, like, the 12-hour trip from, like, Salt Lake City to San Jose or Oakland last year. It helps out with that for long trips. Um, people will know, like, car on the side. or One thing it doesn't do as good as Google is that Google reroutes you more quickly, I'd say. Like, mm-hmm. it'll say, hey, turn here to save 10 minutes or something. Waze isn't the yeah. best at that, but... There's, I use both sometimes just depending, but um, give it a try. I don't know. Just, yeah, yeah, I'm, I might. We'll see. And I Google, Google Maps hasn't let me down yet, so it, it's never let me down. I just went to it because of the that long trip. I'm like, oh, it works well, and it uh, the when there's the scissors police ahead, they're usually right, and I'm like, that's helpful on those super yeah, long trips. That's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so, but use use whatever you like. It works well. I guess people like it. You could sync your music to it. I'm like, whatever. It's, I did see that because I have Spotify and it said connect to Waze, and so I almost did, but didn't quite budge. All it does is put a little like a um, status bar or some little little player at the bottom where you can just hit player next. That's all it really does, mm, just okay. so you don't have to go back and get distracted and yeah, all that. So you can kind of hit next and go. But then again, I just do a pocket cast and podcast, and those are usually thirty to forty five minutes. So I'm like, I'm good. True. Yeah, so, you don't need to navigate that. So oh, you don't. All right, back to hoops. Let's go. Um, <laughs> So, where should we start? Should we start with Nevada last week? Because it's always Nevada and people always have an opinion about the pack. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> should we go to... Also, really quick, you had a Twitter beef with something going on. What was up with that? Nevada uh, or something? Reno? I had some Reno, Nevada thing again. Was that oh, a... my goodness. Jeremy, my mentions were blowing up. I think that was... Well, it spanned over a day. But <laughs> I had I had written something... I had probably just like a final score of the Nevada game or something like that. Mm-hmm. But some people were just absolutely going at it in my mentions, like going talking about how why Reno's a good city, why Reno's not a good city, why should it be UNR? Again, um, I thought we were done with that. Nevada Southern. <laughs> oh my goodness, no, that wasn't even like the tip of the iceberg. So that got pretty uh, heated in my mentions, and eventually I just had to mute it because my phone was lighting up every time I put it down. So. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're one of those people, you know who you are. Um, I didn't block anyone, so 
everyone's off the hook. So is, it, so is the conversation about if just if Reno is a good city? Pretty much, yeah. I uh, um, I don't even know where it started. I kind of lost track of everything, and I I said I should post my favorite quotes. I think I'll still consider doing that because it was some should. bizarre stuff. Like I I've been through it. It is a super small town, but it's also a ton in a small area. Yeah. Like that's why it has a nickname. Like it's the little biggest city or whatever. Because mm-hmm. you're literally in and out, but when you're in there, there's a ton of stuff compacted in a very small area. Yeah. So it's not like it's some random sleepy town you go through and there's nothing around. It's just a square mile just small. I so. think a lot of UNLV fans picked up on, I don't know if you've seen it, but picked up on when the Martins committed to Nevada. They thought that Nevada was located in Las Vegas. They didn't know it was located in Reno. And a lot of people have run with that. Was that a legit so, thing? It is, yeah, it is. Um, I, I saw a video where they said that. Whoops. And so, yeah, so people have, especially UNLV fans, like to bring that up. But they have, the Martin Twins have done more than enough to explain their passion about playing in Reno. So that's that was a really bizarre few days in my Twitter mentions, but I've never really seen anything like that before. As an also excuse, they were at school at North Carolina State, correct, previously? Yes, so and where are they even? I don't even know where they're from. Are they are they from the East Coast or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who who, so. who cares? It's whatever. <laughs> okay, can you tell I me the difference between Eli right now? You're in Seattle. Can you tell me yeah. the difference from um, Fort Worth and Dallas? Is probably too easy. Do you know the difference between that? Between Fort Worth and Dallas? Yeah. Well, isn't there a Dallas Fort Worth airport? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's right there. But um, I'm trying to think of something that's uh, like, would you know some random Pensacola to Jacksonville? I don't know. Would you? Uh, no. Okay. Wait, isn't, isn't Brandon from Pensacola? Why does that sound familiar? He's in Western Florida. In the Central okay. Time well, no, I wouldn't know. And my geography isn't that good to begin with. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> I get it. If you're going to that school, you probably should know. But yeah. let me let me test you on your geography of random cities you've never been to or one yeah, in your life. exactly. Not even city. Those two, yeah, they're far apart, but it's whatever. It's... Yeah. So who started? Was it Rebel fans or Nevada fans? Like, or was it somebody piling on? Um, there was one guy who was really going at it. Who I don't really, I don't think I've ever really seen him before on Twitter. But, um, gosh, where did it start? I'm trying to think. It it probably started with Nevada and their seed reveal on Saturday, and then UNLV fans saying that they're skeptical of the team, and then uh, Nevada wait, fans UNL, going wait, back. Wait, wait, UNLV, UNLV fans are skeptical of Nevada. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Jealous, I guess, maybe? I, that, that... I guess last week's win at the Thomas and Mac wasn't all that convincing. <laughs> I don't know. And then the UNLV fans like to say UNR, and then Nevada fans get uh... fed up about that, and then UNLV fans respond by saying the Martin Twins don't know where Nevada was originally located, and hey, they just back you know, they do, you know what they do know? What? They know where the hoop is. <laughs> they, they know where... They know how to score against UNLV, right? I think it's important <laughs> to know the location of your school. So <laughs> true, it's true. Just saying, and I'm trying. What's that score they beat? You want San Diego State, or not Nevada? I'm trying to look at the score. What was the final score when they played? Eighty-seven to seventy. So you lose yeah. by seventeen. What do you mean? That's what do you want? Lose by forty? Led by as many as twenty-five. Yeah. <sighs> so let's go to the seed reveal. So this is just pettiness, yeah. and it's great. It but is. Here's the thing. UNLV fans. I know it's not everyone, so I can't say everyone, but. Turkanian's not coming back. Larry Johnson, <laughs> Stacey Ogman. Was Reggie Theus on one of those teams? Dave Rice. They're not – or Dave Rose or whoever was – no, that was a uh, – yeah, Dave Rice. He was the uh, 
No, Dave Rose played at Houston. Sorry, the BYU coach. Apologies. Yeah, Dave Rice. Yeah, Dave Rice. Like, they're not coming back. There's, you guys just got to improve with what you have and deal with it. Tarkane walking through that door. Yeah, he's not. He had a yeah. It's he's not coming back. He's a few years gone. It's like, come on. Yeah. I. It, it's too much to dig into to know what they're up to. It's like I get it. You used to be amazing and great. You guys see a similar thing with BYU football. <laughs> you were great twenty to thirty years ago, but you're not quite there. You'll have good years here and there, like Lon Kruger coming to town, going to Sweet Sixteen. But here's the thing about UNLV: really quick, we'll get back to the bata. They could still attract guys to come visit and good players to town. Yep. So, it, not to go off track, but is it just a coaching type of deal? I don't know. Well, I think it's a lot. A lot of it has to do with turnover, and I've mentioned that a mm-hmm. lot because. I would like to do a study on that at some point. I haven't gotten around to it, but the number of players that have entered and left the UNLV program over the last five years has to be one of the highest rates in the whole country. And without having the continuity, unless you're Duke or Kentucky or one of those top-tier programs that can reel in these... Consistent top guys. Yeah, consistent, really good freshman classes with future NBA players... You're just not going to win that many games. And so with what UNLV has had roster-wise, I think they've done fairly well. Um, obviously, they've caught some tough breaks, like with Shakur Joustin going down this year and uh, last year's team not really quite panning out in the second half of the season. But when you can't retain starters from year to year, you're just at least at the mid-major level, you're not going to be that successful because you need that some sort of level of continuity. And I know a lot of... UNLV fans would want to point to Nevada and how they pretty much have new guys coming in every single year. But look, they've had Jordan Caroline. This is his third year with the program. The Martin twins both decided to stay. Mm -hmm. Um, They'll probably have Jordan Brown for at least another season. So they've been welcoming a lot of new guys, but they've retained their previous talent. And that's why they've been so successful. And I think that's, and unless UNLV is able to do that, I just don't think that they're going to be that much better than they are right now, which is a fairly average basketball team. But if they are able to bring back a number of starters and they don't have that many seniors on this year's team, um, I don't see why they couldn't be pretty solid again next year and, and, and at least improve because they have a handful of underclassmen that are pretty talented. So mm-hmm. they just can't afford to have guys leave for the draft early that probably aren't ready or players transfer out of the program or they're just going to be back on square run yeah because how like you mentioned those guys in Nevada stay in a couple of years at least two or three redshirt plus playing time imagine if UNLV had like um Brandon McCoy for another year or yeah. if they had um what's his name who went number one um shoot Anthony Bennett I was thinking Anthony Davis I knew that was right Anthony Bennett like imagine if they had those guys just two years Mm-hmm. Like that's a big deal, and like and look, and any team that makes a big run in the tournament, like not Rebels, they can maybe do that down the road, but it's always the similar type of thing when it's Butler, when it's Gonzaga, when it's George Mason, when it's Loyola Chicago, or even not necessarily Nevada last year, but it's always these guys have four senior starters, three juniors, the first guy off the bench. They're there for mm-hmm. multiple years. They may have the younger guys pretty good, but they've started. Oh, these guys have eighty careers or. 80 career starts between each like each starter with a three plus year guy. You got Kentucky; they're making a, their th- their 30th career start ever. It's all freshmen, and mm-hmm. so that's a big deal. And so, uh, but the point is, it have guys around. That's how people win. And so, 
maybe they'll they're at 13 and 11 this year they beat air force last night avenged that loss which was good mm-hmm. but all they're doing is beating the bad teams like even here's the thing too it's not even the players they can attract good guys like they have a i think a pretty highly recruited guy coming to town or they always seem to do have a and they get good players even if those guys leave what they typically have in the roster there is literally no reason for them to lose to bucknell no reason to lose to air force even like Fresno State, they should be winning more often than not versus Fresno State. Not lose by at least not lose by twenty two points or whatever, eighteen points. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I don't think UNLV is um, like incapable of getting back to consistent NCAA tournament berths. I think anyone who said that, who would say that, is probably um, pretty down on this program as a whole, but. They just need to retain the talent that they have or else it's just going to continue what we've seen the last half decade out of this program. And if you think they're that good, the league is so far down, they should be, be able to rise above that too. That's Yeah, that's the other thing. A program like UNLV should be doing better than this because, as everyone has mentioned, the statistics back it up. This is the worst the Mountain West has ever been. And to not finish above 500, at least around 500, that's got to be a pretty big disappointment. Yeah, because this is the time you want to. You should be above yeah. it, even if you're not that great. Like they still might get maybe twenty. Well, I don't know. They got twenty to thirteen and eleven, but like they go, they should beat San Jose State. They should beat. Well, I mean, they're just beating the bad teams. They're not beating an OK San Diego State team or a pretty good like losing Utah State. Not a big deal, but losing by twenty points on most Utah State's a big deal. Like Utah State is a better team, but you shouldn't be losing by that many points. Like they'll have 14, 15 wins. They'll probably end up the year with maybe 16 wins. Yeah. Best, yeah. yeah. Best uh, conference win on the year is at home against New Mexico and the Lobos are four and Ooh, seven in conference play. Yikes. Yeah. Cause they're not going to, I don't, they might beat San Diego state upcoming, but I don't, I wouldn't be optimistic about it. Yeah. All right. So let's get back to Nevada. They were fourth in the CBS reveals. We finally get wind our way back to that. They were what? 14 overall. Were people mm-hmm. upset about that because they are what seventh, sixth, and seventh into both poll major polls, which really don't mean a dang thing for seeding purposes. Mm-hmm. Their net is, um, I don't know what it is at the moment. Is it still a top twelfth? Twelfth. Yep. So the twelfth net. So that's about right. So how do you? Let me ask you this because I think their seeding. I'd like nice to be a three seed would be better, but whatever. They're a four. I think three would be ideal because you missed number one seed, number one seed until you get to the lead eight if they make it that far. So. Did you think every all the net rating compared to the seeding was kind of accurate? Because it is a new first time they're doing this with the new no more RPI being really considered. Um, I will first off, I was a little bit surprised to see Nevada's name called. I had written that Ooh. projection about the Saturday's bracket reveal, and I actually didn't have Nevada on the third or fourth seed line. I had them, I believe, as my first or second, fifth seed, mm-hmm. and that is because of their lack of quality victories. Their best win at this point in the season is their home victory against Utah State. Utah State's 38th in NET, and that's the only top 70 win that Nevada has, and it's mid-February, and that is not too good. And they do have that tough road loss to New Mexico, which will obviously be highlighted from now until Selection Sunday. So I thought the lack of quality wins was going to prevent Nevada from being a projected top four seed, but uh, the committee um, picked Nevada 14th overall as a four seed, which I thought was pretty fair. I know a lot of 
Nevada fans and other people around the country look at the Wolfpack as a legitimate top five, top seven team in the country, which is what the poll suggests. So you would think that maybe they would land on a two or three seed line because of the eye test. But I thought, for all intents and purposes, that Nevada got a pretty favorable draw. And it comes a lot down to their ability to win on the road. They have the most uh, wins away from home of any team in the country. And they did play a pretty strong non-conference uh, schedule, even though a lot of the teams that they play in non-conference have fallen off. Um, so if they can do what we expect them to do, probably not lose more than one or two games the rest of the way, I think a three-seed is still attainable. I think a two-seed is not going to happen um, unless they really get some favorable results, both for them and for teams around them. Uh, but they just need to pick up quality victories. That road opportunity they have against Utah State um, on March 2nd is going to be really big. They have an upcoming road game on Wednesday against San Diego State. Uh, they play Fresno State again at home. Those are the opportunities for the Wolfpack to, to secure more Quadrant 1 and Quadrant 2 victories because without those, I just don't think Nevada is going to get that high of a, of a draw. Had they been undefeated, would they be still not a one seed? I don't think they'd be a one seed. I think they'd probably be a two seed. But then again, just 40 minutes of basketball determining the difference between sea lands, I think might be a bit overblown. But to be undefeated in itself, you know, the committee is not going to mention that because they look deeper than that. They look at your results against specific quadrants, your strength of mm-hmm. schedule, your home away stuff. But to be undefeated and not get a one seed or at least a two seed would be, um, I think, almost too much for the committee to try to explain themselves so they might just do it based on that reason but yeah i mean to be 22 and 1 or 23 and 1 and uh be a three or four seed is still pretty tough when it comes down to it but i think nevada is in pretty good shape right now so looking at who's around them because kansas road record is abysmal yeah they they played what seven road games probably all big 12 games i'm assuming <laughs> on the road neutral like is there a team where could there be any scenario i know i don't want to say any because yes anything could happen but what are the possibilities of them say getting like the final two seed would it final take, two seed, yeah it's gonna be tough that's gonna it, be tough would it be just teams above them losing a couple times or would that matter because again nevada's not gonna get a q1 win the rest of the way at all i doubt i don't think any team can make that jump but you know, like Tennessee, you have all the teams at the top. Duke with the Louisville epic. Well, no, I'll say it's Louisville collapsed. Duke came back, but it's Louisville collapsed. I'll, I'll say it that way. Mm-hmm. Not that Duke came back, but is there any like, is it plausible at all, or is like the three seed their peak? Um, I think three seed is probably realistically the peak because, um, the top. Let's see, the top ten overall seeds from Saturday's reveal had at least four Quadrant 1 victories. And probably could get at least, I bet could at least get two to three more the rest of the way. At least, yeah, at least. Uh, some of these programs, every game that they play from here on out will be at least a Quadrant 2 opportunity. So fair. And Nevada just so doesn't fair. have, yeah, <laughs> Nevada just doesn't have those opportunities. They'll play Utah State on the road, which will be uh, falling under Quadrant 1. Um, if they play Utah State again in the Mountain West Tournament or fresno state that will likely be under quadrant one as well so they'll still have a couple more shots but either way they're not going to be even close to some of these power conference teams in terms of quadrant one and quadrant two wins but again 
eye test comes into play, non-conference strength of schedule comes into play. Um, Michigan played a really poor non-conference strength of schedule. Houston's isn't very good. Didn't they just lose to Penn State, Michigan? Yeah, they Again, did. So, they've had a couple of pretty bad losses the past week. They have, yeah. So that that is what is going to benefit Nevada. I think Houston has the potential of slipping down quite a ways Marquette if they lose some games. Mm-hmm. But Purdue I seems think, like a surprise, right? Is Purdue surprising yeah. that nine? Yeah, uh, they were slated pretty high. They do have some good good wins. Um, suffered a loss last night uh, to a Mar- uh, pretty good Maryland team. But I just think three seed is probably the peak. If Nevada wins out, then maybe you could see them backdoor their way into the final two seed. But that still might be just a bit too much. I I, I like a three seed. Plus, you mentioned if they look at the eye test that passed. Like I said it for a while. Like I think maybe two weeks ago, they need to start winning and winning convincingly. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing that the past ever since the uh, after the Boise victory by one, which was a good win on the road, one point, pretty good win. They've beaten everybody by I think fifteen or more points. Yeah, yeah, they've been winning convincingly, and that's all you can really ask for. It's better than they have been doing the first month because how many games? Grand Canyon, Pacific, uh, Arkansas, not Arkansas, but I'm sorry, it's a little rock, not that, but like um, Arizona, you, um, Tulsa, and stuff. They were hanging around like. Uh, South Dakota State, where they were down or close after the first half. And uh, what would you say? Each of the previous six games have been decided by 15 points or more. So they've really been turning it up lately. Yeah, since Air Force. Yeah, Air Force 15, CSU 40, Vegas 17, Boise by 20, CSU by 16, New Mexico by 29. Yeah. And then they go to Wyoming, which I foolishly slid preseason. This will be a game to watch because last year, <laughs> but yeah, Wyoming yeah. has decreased my expectations even more than we thought them like an eight or nine. Yeah. So, but Brutal. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's tough, but uh, yeah, I think you're right. Seed maybe three at best. I looking at how the bracket set up now would really so let's just say they're a four seed and they win a couple games because they'll play some decent teams out of Duke, Tennessee, Virginia, or Gonzaga. Who would you rather than play to go to the Final Four if it does come to that? Um, wouldn't want them to play Duke. Nope. <laughs> Gonzaga could be tough. I they could win that game potentially. Um, Virginia. I, I like how they match up against Virginia. I think Tennessee is probably my title pick right now, if if not for Duke. Um, so maybe Virginia, but that gets difficult because if Virginia, we all know about their defense and their style of play. Mm-hmm. If they force Nevada into taking a lot of jumpers. That could be pretty problematic. Virginia uh, has the second best uh, oppo- <clears throat> excuse me, opposing three-point percentage in the country. So if that gets off to a rocky start, I could see them losing that game. But I think the only team that Nevada probably can't beat is Duke at this point. Um, and I think I would hope Nevada fans could at least agree with me on that because Duke is just so strong. We saw what they did against San Diego State, and I know that's a completely different team. But I just don't think that would be a good matchup. Like I think they could maybe keep because Duke wants can score points and wants to. That's something Nevada can also do. So if they're to play Duke, it might be a hundred to eighty loss in that game. Yeah, it where could you be put yeah. up a ton of points. That style of play fits them in Virginia the opposite because they want to score forty five points and win essentially. If Nevada were to push it in Virginia and force them to do a few things to make them uncomfortable, that would help. I. I would think, for me, I think Virginia's the best chance if it does come to playing them in there for just because I, I get your points completely worth it. The Virginia plays how they want to play. 
they'll just snuff out Nevada because they'll just we see Nevada settle for jumpers and like oh we'll take a three I'm open they'll but bring out the zone defense run the shot clock down to ten and not hurry the ball up the court ever mm-hmm. and their defense will whatever they do and get on top of you unless Nevada attacks which they get complacent too much but all right uh, that's way too early they'll have this is every week until selection Sunday correct the bracket reveal. Uh, no, they just have it just at one time. Oh, I thought they did it every week. Is this new or did they change it? I thought it was multiple times. I believe it's just going to be this once. Hmm. Yeah. They should do it every week, I'd say, right? Wouldn't that make more sense? Uh, I don't know. I think there's there's reasons why it could and why it couldn't. I, I, it would be good to follow along and kind of know where you're at, but the committee seems to be kind of hush-hush about a lot of the things that they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, they haven't even released the full NET formula. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't know I think it kind of works both ways but it's at least good to for Nevada and every other team that's fighting for a top four seed to kind of know where they're at midway through the season um, so it's not a huge surprise on selection Sunday and a big uproar um, so Nevada has some work to do if they want to get a better seed but I think to be a top 14 team in terms of where the committee finds them at, at this point I think is a, a pretty good situation for the Wolfpack okay no, I that makes sense. I just kind of I thought they did it more. I figured go until tournament start because that's craziness with every day of games. Like in more, I don't know. I just thought they do through February essentially, maybe twice. Mm-hmm. All right. So what should we get to next? Anything else burning? We need to. Disc- oh no, we need to talk about. Should we talk about the net and stuff? Just because we're still doing yeah, that stuff. Good. So people freaked out about a tweet you made about why are they alley ooping at the end of the game versus Colorado State. Mm-hmm. I, I brought in a couple of tweets of my own on our same account, so I think I was in line with what you were saying. You wrote a piece about on it. Is it a, should people be overreacting either way on this for that dunk or scoring last possession of the game? Does it matter? Um, it, okay, here's here's the thing with this. Uh, and I mentioned this in the comment, and I'll kind of explain my thinking, my thought process for that. First off, just from a pure basketball perspective you can say what you want about either being against I I guess running up the score or just scoring on a final possession when the game is already um, all but over I get why people would be in support of that like you want to play the full 40 minutes all that good stuff and I can see why people would be against that because it's not necessarily sportsmanlike all that is fine you can pick whatever side you want with that it's not really a huge deal but then I had people mention that the reason Nevada did this was because of and because of the net rankings. Mm-hmm. And on the surface, I could see why people would bring that up because obviously efficiency scoring margin is now part of what is being factored into team selection because of how the net rating is set up, and that was not um, currently or that was it was not previously part of the. Um, old system in which the RPI didn't account for a scoring margin. It just accounted for home away or neutral results and strength of schedule. So now that that's part of the equation, people like to take that into consideration of, of what teams are doing on a daily basis and coaches have adjusted and have brought that to the limelight of what we'll see um, from now until selection Sunday and the more selections as the years go along. But I guess the big thing that I'm trying to bring up here is that no scoring an extra basket in garbage time 
when you're already up double digits is not going to change at all what the selection committee perceives of your team. So what I did is I went into the numbers and I found out um, not only the difference between not scoring that loop dunk against Colorado State, but also if Nevada were to do that from every game from now until Selection Sunday, assuming they win every remaining conference game and they win out in the conference tournament. And what I found was that the difference between holding out for that final possession and scoring a basket on that final possession, it would improve Nevada's net efficiency from 11th to 9th. And that doesn't mean their net ranking. That's just one of the five components that makes up the net ranking. There's also the team value index, winning percentage, adjusted winning percentage, and scoring margin, which is capped at 10 points. Yeah, so, I said people tried to freak out. It's not capped at 10. I'm like, I kept saying, yes, the, the, at 10, yes, the margin of victory is capped at 10. But yes, efficiency is. is not, which is uncapped, but people didn't seem to understand that both can be correct. Yes, they can. <laughs> so, so efficiency is changed by every single basket. Scoring margin, if you're ahead or behind by more than 10 points, and another basket is scored in either of those directions, it won't change. So you're changing essentially one of the five net components um, by two positions over this 11-game stretch. Um, So 20% of your net ranking is going to improve by two spots, so to speak. So that isn't going to make any uh, any bit of a difference in the eyes of the committee. And even... If we take one more step back, the net ranking itself, that isn't taken into consideration by the selection committee. Under the previous um, RPI rating, the rating itself did not do any determination. Um, And what I mean by that is the committee would never say Nevada is fifth in the RPI, so it should be at least a top two seed Mm -hmm. or a top ten seed or whatever the case may be. That's part of the formula. Yeah, it's just – it's a number that – is assigned to a team so that uh, the committee can gauge where these teams are at and understand where or what they're doing against teams of other rankings. So it almost means more to other teams than it does your own team. So uh, in the in the grand scheme of things, chill. No, it, it, <laughs> yeah, chill. Scoring a basket on the final possession isn't going to be a big deal. But I will, I will say this. There are teams that like to slow things down at the end of the games, at least five minutes or so when the game's already out of the balance. And that can, over a great deal of time, that can impact a team, I would say. Um, if you're taking the final five to eight minutes, taking it off, essentially, mm-hmm. then that, that can have an impact on your efficiency. But then because, again, if you're yeah. up by eight to 14, let's say you win by 11 points and you have you take instead of shooting at 15 on the shot clock you shoot at five that mm-hmm. 10 seconds each possession is however many possessions overall say you have what i don't know how many fewer possessions that'd be but yes you would have less but if you're still winning by more than 10 it's the same is it almost similar probably it does have a greater impact but it's still minimal right it's still minimal yeah and what let me it, ask you, oh go ahead yeah go ahead it's just there's What's what's happening here is affecting such such a small amount of the overall process that it's almost used to justify kind of doing whatever you want at the end of a game, whether that's scoring a basket or not scoring a basket. 
um, because either you're arguing for being sportsmanlike, which is not throwing a basket, or you're arguing for playing the full 40 minutes and potentially upping your position in the eyes of the committee, and the, the latter is false. Would it have been a big deal if Nevada had their backups in and they just had that dunk? Would that have made any difference to anybody? Because it was Caleb Martin who had that play against Colorado State. I, I mean, I don't think so. Well, I, I just mean, know. like, say you have your – because here's my point you're making. You have Caleb Martin's a starter. He's playing a lot. What if it's Jordan Brown or some backup who doesn't play very much? And it's like in – like, you watch football. They put in their backups. They're not going to try not to score, but they're not also going to just chuck it down the field. They're going to play their game. Mm-hmm. So would it would people be freaking out? Like, ha, let me ask you: Had it been some random guy in the team with a dunk like that, an alley oop, like some tenth oh, guy on the bench? See. That's what I mean. Would that would that made you say, "Hey, why are you doing alley oop with with uh, seventeen seconds left?" Would that like, I, would that have made I you look at it differently? Because it was they have their bench out there, they give them a few extra minutes, but they're still playing their game. Yeah, you could make that argument, and and especially when people. When uh, bench players or reserves come on, they usually like to just play the game out as they would. Uh, Nevada has never really done that. Yeah, They've mostly true. kept their starting five or six, seven rotational guys out there. Mm-hmm. That's that's an interesting point. I don't know if it really affects my perspective on the whole thing, but I could see why you would, why someone would potentially bring that up. But just in the overall large scale of things, it's just so meaningless. Let me bring up two things uh, yeah. I bring up here. First off, we don't know the specifics of the net rating because it's still secret. Yep. So there's that to consider. But also, if you ever read Ken Pomeroy, Ken Palm, we know who he is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he did he does stuff for the athletic. He did something this like I, I, it's basically off the exact same thing we're talking about, same concept. People freaking out about stuff. He probably I think he follows us on Twitter. I'm not saying he, he must. We probably saw people talking about that play because why is Nevada doing this? I'm pretty sure he sucks. He watches a ton of basketball and saw some of these conversations people were having. So he went through seven games this year where Nevada had the last possession themselves. They ended up scoring one, two, three, only converted four of seven of the last possession games from UMass, USC, Grand Canyon, Utah, Utah State, Boise State, CSU. And the point being, yeah, if you score points there, it will technically help your efficiency in the game because you have a possession and you score. Would it be – I'm going to ask you this first real quick. Just give me a quick answer. It's more efficient to run the ball out – or would it – let me ask you. Would there be a difference in efficiency if you just were to run the ball out and hold it or run the ball, shoot, and miss? Is it better efficiency to not shoot the ball or shoot and miss? Uh, I believe it's better to – no, I think it's equal. It would be the same? Okay, I'm just curious. Yeah. I didn't know. Cause I, for me, thinking as I'm reading – skimming through this, holding the ball, not scoring – would be better than having a negative stat on the stat sheet of missing a shot. But regardless if it's the same or not, Nevada's point efficiency on points per possession is 1.16 for the year. So going through and forcing a shot in the last possession actually lowered their point per possession efficiency to 1.14. So technically, <laughs> out of those seven games where they wanted the final shot, it hurt their net rating because of inefficiency. Mm. By, again, 0.02 though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so again, it's... Like you say, they'll go up if they make every shot, but what if they do this stretch where they go three or four or three or seven, essentially? Yeah, it's true. It would technically decrease them, decrease the percentage. So it's so small. And he's Ken Palm's like one point, maybe they'll cap efficiency because one thing he points out, like Lipscomb, Wofford, and Furman, as well as Nevada, or Nevada not as much, but are much higher in net than RPI because net and RPI should be fairly similar. They're much higher because they score at the end of the game more. 
Mm-hmm. And so my point is like, it's not a big deal, but here's actual facts you've done. And if you have a subscription to Athletico, read what Ken Palm did a couple days ago. He goes through a ton about something called the code, what they're doing and not doing, but he's like, it will change, but it's not anything worthwhile about. Yeah. So I don't know. Just do what you're doing. Just win your games. That all really matters. Win by 12 points. So you get above the cap of margin victory. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, just winning a game by 10 or more points. That's pretty much because you know what matters as victories. You can do. Who yeah. cares if your efficiency is great if you're two and fifteen or something? Now, if you have an anomaly like you're getting destroyed or you're absolutely killing a team, that's going to make a difference. Like Nevada, after their New Mexico loss, that had a heavy impact on their efficiency ratings. They got blown out. Yeah. That ACC game, I believe, between NC State and who was it? I think Virginia Tech. When oh, NC yeah. State scored like twenty points, yeah, I lost. They 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 got just dismantled in efficiency. I think their offense efficiency dipped by at least thirty spots. Um, but scoring twenty four points in fifty three possessions, that's going to do it to you. Um, yeah, exactly. And so yeah, but but it just comes back to the to the thing that what you do over a large sum of games, a half season or a full season, that's going to have an impact on where your team ends up in the efficiency ratings and in win-loss percentage and all that stuff. But just from a game-by-game perspective, it's it's just not going to be a big deal. And that's the only point I'm trying to prove here. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not a big deal. It's it's whatever. We've said it a ton. It's important, but it's not really important. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not my point. No, sorry. My point is, your our point is like, at the final possession, just it's not going to matter if you don't win the game. Right? Is that the easiest way to put it? Just win? Yeah. Just yeah, the, just win. And Al Davis just win, baby? Is that like I do? That's right, yeah. <laughs> All right, so any... Okay, let's talk about some games this week because we haven't really discussed any too much of any games. So we are coming into February. So Selection Sunday is now three weeks away? Three and a half weeks? I think so. So... Or is it, yeah, yeah, about that. Because the schedule's odd. The Mountain's Tournament four weeks. is in... March 9th, it ends up on March 9th. So it's March to 17th. St. Patrick's Day. It's Selection Sunday. Yeah. So there you go. Have, wear your green Nevada shirt. I don't know. For good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so the game's rest of the way. Like the biggest game, like there's a, if, depending if you're listening now, there's a big game Wednesday night, Boise versus Fresno State. Or is it a big game? Because Boise's just, uh, they're only 11 and 13. They're, I mean, they've been kind of hit or miss up and down. I I think I like Fresno State in that one by a pretty decent margin, but I think Boise State could be a bit of a tough out in the tournament. It is, yeah, it is a road game. Like Boise's been kind of uh, like hit or miss, or not what they've normally been, but they still be a team where they're what them and UNLV are pretty much in the same category. Yeah, yeah, yeah middle of the pack, hoping to avoid uh, the opening round games. So at Fresno, I because here, here's one thing too we forgot to bring up: Utah State losing the game last week. They're basically eliminated from at-large consideration for the most part, right? Yeah, the, it's it's going to be an uphill battle now. They have to probably win out and lose in the conference tournament final to have a shot at an at-large, I would yeah, assume. Yeah, because we're talking if they beat San Diego State and only lost to uh, Nevada, maybe. But So, yeah, they're kind of out there. But I'd say Fresno's number two team now. They should beat Boise by a bit. But I think you're right. Boise, they are 6-5 and five in league play. Not much difference between them and Utah State. It's only a two-game difference. Because they're clearly better than the Air Force, New Mexico, CSU, Wyoming. We'll see. I think I think they're going to be more dangerous in tournament than they are the rest of the way, just because, or at least for Fresno State. Mm-hmm. Uh, see anything else interesting we got this weekend? Um, 
San Diego State's starting to turn it on a little bit. They are. Yeah, hey, we brought that up. We're, we're people said careful. Wait, we're cautious. We are still, but we're also living in the moment of them not playing well. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So, Five and one in the last six games. They're starting to pick up some of that February mojo. So they have Boise State at home, which is, is that still a rivalry, kind of. Yeah, I like I like the Boise State San Jose rivalry. Yeah, they got that game Saturday. Let me ask you this: though. Let's play our game of uh, BPI. Okay. Who do you think's favored in this game? San Diego State. All right. They are favored. Do you want to guess how much? Uh, 67%. Not quite close. 72.1%. Okay. A bit, a bit more heavy than Kempom. Yeah, I think, I think that's probably right just because Boise, except Boise's been okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, going down the road, Suvia. Their records are similar, but just the way they've been playing. It's like McDaniels has been playing well. They've been getting guys scoring points. And Boise's still... Yeah, we'll show up with we'll, we'll play close to Nevada, but then lose by what double digits to some random team like yeah, Air Force. It's, it's been, yeah, it's been one of those seasons for the Broncos. And it's, uh, but that that's one to look out for, just because Aztecs have again no chance of at large bid. They're going to do need to do what they did last year because yep. schedule like Boise State probably win. What do you think about? Because we may not chat before the Nevada game. What do you think about that when they play Nevada at home? Yeah, that'll be the first San Diego State-Nevada matchup since last year when the Aztecs just dismantled the Wolfpack Ooh, in the Mountain West tournament. Um, I do expect this one to be much closer to, regardless of who wins. Um, I think Aztecs, they just need to show up defensively and they should have a bit of a shot. They've been playing much better defensive late. I really like what I've seen from Nathan Mensa, who's a, a freshman forward, has been really turning it on lately. He did an excellent job against Nemias Keda of Utah State, really limited him. And I thought he had some moments against Colorado State as well. When San Jose State is shooting the ball well and their defense is at least showing some signs of life and, and being active and uh, forcing turnovers, I think SDSU could probably hang around with Nevada. I don't necessarily see the, I don't necessarily see the Aztecs winning this game, but... If they did pull off the upset, I think that definitely puts SDSU in the conversation of a team that could make a similar run to what they did last season. And all things considered, where this team was just a handful of weeks ago, um, or even after that Brown loss in late December, I think to see a turnaround quite like this would be really impressive and a testament to what Brian Dutcher has accomplished. But got to take care of Boise State first on Saturday and then figure out a game plan for Wednesday night against Nevada. But that could be a really good matchup. All right, so what, let's play our game. What's the uh, what's Nevada favored by in BPI? Uh, Nevada is favored. I would say BPI is about 78%. You're getting pretty good at this. It's 80%. Okay, all right. <laughs> there you go. You're getting a little better for that one. <laughs> uh, but what do you think? Like, I know it's a, Nevada's heavy favorite. There's a... The, the thing from last year where San Diego State's like, oh, we got this. We, we're not afraid of you. We've beaten you before with most of these same players. Mm-hmm. And Nevada's going to be on likely a 10-game winning streak after – um, actually, more than that. They play they play Wednesday night, right? Tonight? They, yeah, no, 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 they're not, off. Sorry. Not so Sorry. They'll have a 9-game winning streak heading into that game. I, I think Nevada's going to win by double digits and show them who's boss. I'm I'm leaning that direction too. I uh, but I'd probably go Nevada by eight or nine. I think I, what it, it it could be one of those games where San Diego State starts up starts off ahead, and rides the early momentum with the fans and whatnot, and then Nevada kind of takes over and it's 
probably a 10 to 13 point margin for the most of the second half. Okay. And that, that makes sense. So, I mean, I don't mean like a blow up. I just mean they'll win mm-hmm. fairly comfortably. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised. Let's just say San Diego State's defense does what we're, we think they can do or they've done before. And also Nevada, what if, if that defense plays good? They're struggling because they're keeping it close or they're down in the first half. We haven't seen that team in a while. And beating the San Diego State team who just beating them on itself is like whatever. But they've been playing better of late. So it's, it may, I don't know how much of a better win it'll be. But to me, it'll be one of the better wins in a while because this is a team that's streaking and playing well. If they can yep. beat them by 10 to 14 points and not really trailing the game outside of maybe early on, that'll probably be one of their biggest wins in a while. Because, yes, they've beaten, what, was it Boise by 20 points? They've been beating everybody by 15 plus. This will solidify me saying, yeah, they are peaking at the right time. Yeah. And, and if you're an Aztec fan, I don't think you could have asked for a better schedule setup because this is easily the best the Aztecs have played all year long and to have the opportunity to play Nevada in front of your home crowd potentially winners of six of seven games if they defeat Boise State on Saturday I think that's just a perfect setup um if they were to have to go on the road against Nevada I would not give them much of a shot at all and that could really um kind of cancel out any momentum that the team had built if they get destroyed by the conference's top team but if they play well against Nevada, even if they don't win, I think that is enough for SDSU to keep their head high and really make things interesting down the stretch this season. Yeah, because their schedule the rest of the way is very difficult. they got Boise, yeah. home, Nevada, home, at UNLV, which you never know. Rebels have shown that's not a gimme by any means. Utah, yep. At Utah State, it would be tough. Then host San Jose State, it's the only game they're going to win for sure. Host Fresno, then at Nevada. Like, if we we're going to look at both scenarios, like they honestly, I would not be shocked if they just win one game that stretch. They're probably going to win more than that, but I wouldn't be overly surprised that they only beat San Jose State. Ken Palm has SDSU going three and four the remainder of the season. So they have, I'm guessing, Boise win, San Jose State, and UNLV? And either UNLV or Fresno State, yeah. Okay. But I'd like, again, I wouldn't be surprised if they only beat, win one game. They'll probably win at least three. Like UNLV should be a win, San Jose State should be a win. And, and Boise State probably should be a win as well. But yeah. again, like who they're playing, like if they go one, and the way they've been playing prior the past months, I'd be like, okay, they might win one game. Could be. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But the cards are there, and the, the path is at least set up for SDSU to make a run and, and get one of the higher seeds for the Mountain West tournament. Okay, all right. Um, Anything else we need to add here? We've gone quite a bit today. Any other games? We, I don't think there's any other games that's really need discussing, really. Fresno yeah. in New Mexico. Yeah, okay, cool. That's uh, Saturday night. Uh, Nevada, I believe the Nevada-Wyoming game is on ESPN2, so if you want to see a complete l- likely beatdown on national TV, that's probably um, your sort of content. Actually, it's ESPNU, so Eli, I guess you're shut out. It, oh, it's ESPNU? Yeah, apparently you're whatever. That, I guess that one got moved then. Whatever rogue cable package you have doesn't have VU, so you're out of luck. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I wasn't really expecting that much of a game anyways. No, me, me Even though I fully have egg in my face for saying that's a game to watch. Really quick, <laughs> really quick, what's the BPI? For Nevada, Wyoming? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 93% Nevada? Too low, 98.1. Wait, what is it, 98? 98.1. Oh, my goodness. Now, that would be an upset. I know it was last year, but if they do it this year, my goodness. <laughs> They're not wearing the – unless they pull off the same uh, – what they wear, the breast cancer awareness jersey? Yeah, oh, no, the, that, the, yeah, the pink unis. Was that Wyoming or Nevada who wore that? 
I, it was Nevada because I remember some Wolfpack fans, like some really oh, I remember some nice people saying that they shouldn't wear those. I just remember turning on the game because I figured because that is a color women's uniforms have some pink interlaced with, and it is a late game. I'm like, okay, maybe it's a random Pac-12 Stanford whoever playing is really good. But the color disparity of the pink and the yellow on the court was just jarring watching <laughs> last year. It was realized, like, okay, it was just a combination you never see. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I don't care what the uniforms they wear. It's fine. Get awareness. That's perfectly fine and great. Just the combination of the bright pink and bright yellow on the court. It looked like a Starburst bag. Exactly. <laughs> After the ones, it's just those two colors where, because it wasn't, because a lot of times, sometimes they'll put the trim of pink or they'll have a little ribbon embroidered on, but they kind of went the other way where it was pink and then the blue trim. So, so do, you, do you go with them again if you're in Nevada? You lost, or do you want to get rid of the? Uh, just say we'll wear these again, just to beat you, just so we can have a good taste. Yeah, so you, have, you get rid of the bad mojo. Well, obviously you can't wear the same uniforms because Nevada's no longer. Uh, oh with, yeah, That's yeah. Right. So who are they with now? I forget. Um, we'll see. Oh well, not a big deal. It's just something fun to talk about, right? Yeah, for sure. I, I think we're we're gonna wrap it up here. We'll be back next week to chat about what else? Hoops. Come on, that's what we do here. That's and we'll, right. we'll talk more. What, what do I talking about? Brackets of Nevada. They lead the way because, hey, they're doing great. So check us out. Download, tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Spreaker, wherever you get your podcast. Give us a rating. Appreciate it. Share it to your friends if you want us to. If you want that Nevada fan to like, who does it, who, who loves the net system, have them listen to this and they could be more angry at us. <laughs> That's right. Because we are being rational about Fuel this. Fuel the fire. Where it doesn't really matter that all that much. Just win. That's right. That's all you got to do. Just get the victories. Yep. And we'll see you next week, folks. There we go.